0: Gotta hate it. that voice. is so annoying.
1: <laughs> you can tell we're recording by Zoom, guys. You might not be able to hear it, but we can.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Unfortunately.
1: If you've been on Zoom in the last three years, you'll know what we're on about. Mm. Uh, so hi, everyone. Welcome to The Hub Podcast. This is episode 16, and the conversation this month is all about sales and marketing. Yes, it's the big fish in the room when we talk about sales and marketing, and as you know if you're a regular listener, I normally cover this topic in two parts. But you can't have sales without marketing, and vice versa. I describe it as marketing is your shop front window. It's what attracts people to come and find out more. But if you don't have the sales process behind you in the shops, take the sale, then it's a wasted effort, in my opinion. You've got to have that return on investment. As you know, I talk about a lot. <laughs> so uh, today with um being kindly um, with um, Elliot um, of Example Marketing, kindly asked him to come along um, and share his story, really, because, yes, he does marketing and sales. um, And um, his journey as well, coming into his own right over the past three months, um, has been quite um, inspiring in the local business community and I think it's always good for you guys to listen to the experts rather than me going on every month about your strategy and your processes and your sales and your marketing etc so I'm just going to hand it over to Elliot to explain a little bit more about himself so Elliot who are you and what do you do?
0: Thanks, Zoe. That's perfect. Uh, I guess the best way to introduce myself is I'm Elliot Garley, the founder and the marketing strategist behind Example Marketing. We've been going for coming up to three months now, which is quite cool. I say we because it's not just me anymore, which is kind of scary to think of that in three months. But um, I, th- I think really the main reason why I've got to here is because I'm passionate about training businesses to actually do it for themselves rather than realizing that outsourcing is great, but you can also sometimes outsource too much when you can take it back and your to hands. Um, so I'm kind of here just to help small business owners and kind of apprentices as well and general managers understand that marketing can be something that you do alongside your daily routine um, with just easy steps and processes. And hopefully we're going to tell a few people those today.
1: Yeah, definitely, because... I think that's why we're similar and we do get on because we have a saying, education is key. Mm. If you don't understand it, how do you know how to outsource it? And it's the same when you're looking at your core fundamentals in your business, to looking at your market research, to your market, to your sales, to really anything that you need to move your business forward. So mm. education is key and that deliverable on educating your clients is just super important. It's an evergreen uh, service in my opinion because it's empowering them on how to do it and that's obviously what what you do uh very well so where does your background stem from Elliot uh, to give a, a little bit of foundation how long have you been in this industry and um, mm-hmm. what made you come in to standing in your own right um and and be an example marketing
0: well uh where do I start I guess well, to be in the marketing industry, I've, we're just over three years, around three years. Um, and that was a, through a whole period of COVID as well. And that was teaching, educating people how to market themselves and learn how to market themselves in one of the worst periods for British, the British economy for, in terms of business. Um, but I started actually, I was 16 and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be a sports commentator because I love football. Yeah. and as you can imagine I love talking as well and letting people hear me that's why I'm here but then I got to I got I started to really enjoy the talking aspect of things and I then did digital media and it was actually in my digital media um, qualifications which I started to learn the whole advertising route which covered photography videography and then advertising campaigns and it was actually one campaign which I really enjoyed analyzing and it was I don't remember it as it's called the this girl can campaign Mm -hmm. if you remember it it was actually when you look into the psychology of the marketing behind it, it was actually really bad because it didn't, it actually just highlighted the stereotypes rather than show the solutions
1: to it Mm -hmm. Um,
0: it just said these are stereotypes this girl can, rather than saying this girl can do what for example, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of really bad the way they marked it, I was just thinking how does such a big campaign do that, but they always get things wrong sometimes and then I left and I actually believe it or not, I went into kind of the trade industry for a couple of years just to make my own money, Um, Mm -hmm. quite independent. And then I joined, I left at 20 years old to go and join um, my first marketing company in that corporate side. Went from being a sales assistant, making calls after calls after calls um, every single day for the salespeople. Then I developed to become the salesperson, the business development manager. And I still had that passion to learn and drive and educate, and then eventually I was managing all a hundred of the company's clients, making their strategies, training them all, as well as then the franchisees for that company. Yeah. And then um, I decided to leave, join a franchise of them of themselves, and then it just got to the point where i got to do something different. And I'm very stubborn. You've not got that yet from me, Zoe, but I'm really stubborn, so I like to do things my way. So I kind of thought, right. E.g., Elliot Garley stands for me. I want to be the head of the show. But then I thought, as I got a, I tried to work on my humility a little bit more, companies be more than me. So I thought, when you write E.g., down there's example. Yeah. So we all lead by example. Yeah. We should do instead of following the herd, and that's going to get you recognized. So I thought, example marketing, it's not in company's house. There's yeah. no companies really marketing themselves apart from one in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, I'll, I'll try to make example marketing the place in the north.
1: Amazing and the reason i wanted you to share that is because some of our listeners are very um well like yourself at the start of self employment journey but mm. in a way you're not at the start of your journey a lot of people said that to me when i first started my first business in events they were like oh you you don't really have the relevant experience and i'm like i've got 15 years experience behind me in in yeah. event management and it's always important to share like where we've come from, because one, it shows the journey, two, it shows the listeners, the business owners, they're not on their own. (laughs) Because one of the topics that's been really apparent um, for January is that topic of overwhelm. And that's another benefit of sharing the story. And also about don't be afraid to miss the simple bits because sometimes we've got to miss the simple bits to learn just Mm. as that example benefited yourself just as my first experiences in business has benefited me now and so in terms of that and obviously growing so rapidly in your first three months yeah scary it's exciting though it's scary but it's exciting how do you cope with that overwhelm about the sales and marketing in your own business and just just in general
0: I think for me particularly I always stuck by this one thing that I heard I think it was about a year ago two years ago and it was always have a coach and a mentor yeah Uh, I 100% believe in that and I think that's the way I manage now when I I chose to go in really start example. It's a joint venture. So I um, obviously have a mentor now and the person I work with, who's a si- kind of a silent partner as such. Mm-hmm. And he mentors me in the business side of things and let, and I just have free realm to run the business, how I want to do it. And it's, you know, it feels like my business, but I'm just supported by a mentor yeah um, but before that I had a coach one of the best coach I'll have to say even if he listens to this eventually he is one of the best coaches in the UK um, and have that ex- knowledge and expertise from him and mm-hmm. um, helped contribute to that to the point where I apply those sales techniques and consultant mm-hmm. techniques within marketing now yeah and yeah. that's what I pass on to clients and that's kind of how I manage it all is mm-hmm. learning the processes of how to be I think it's trying to be a radical realist every single day and be proactive every, throughout your day I mean me and you were speaking before we were recording default diaries and diaries of yeah. your bible I yeah. think that was the thing having I think one thing was what the day before look at your, your look at your calendar your diary and make sure that you've got no white space between nine or eight till five eight till six yeah
1: and yeah. that's
0: what I kind of live and die by now
1: yeah it is a lot of people see my diary and they go how the hell do you fit that in? Um, to be blunt, that's what they say to me. They were like, that that diary makes me feel ill. And I'm like, but it's organized. Mm. I say, and if it's an organized diary, it shouldn't. And that's what helps me with overwhelm. It's organization. If I didn't have that element of organization, which you would expect, seeing as I've owned an event management company mm. before launching, obviously, the consultancy practice, that is a key strength to mine. Um, so you have to play to your key strengths as well so Mm. one of the tips that we share within the community about overwhelm is by doing that playing to your key strengths and if you can outsource anything that doesn't then do that but get educated on it first because you've got to be educated on it to know what to and what not to outsource to make the best return on investment for the business so At the moment, what works best for you and best practice at the minute uh, with sales and marketing? Because you are. Yes, you're in the space. Yes, you're example marketing, but you still have that sales and marketing to do for your own business. So is there anything that you can share in terms of best practice uh, that you're seeing bringing results at the moment?
0: I would say initially, when I was just starting out, had a bit I kind of worked off my personal brand a little bit and my previous network. Mm-hmm. That really helped elevate me me to elevate, generate and operate successfully initially and actively. So actually we started in profit, which was a really weird thing for most businesses. Right. Um, but one of the other things was really network having a good network and making sure I put myself out there in person rather than just online. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, a lot of my footfall and business came from me posting regularly, but tagging the people who I was meeting regularly. So yeah. that form of um social listening and engaging while I was on online, mm-hmm. I was just engaging with all the people I was meeting new every single week. Yeah. Then they they would engage with me and feel like right, I can be a part of the network regularly. And that's been my sales and marketing purpose for the first three months completely yeah. Yeah, but when i just had christmas as well so i probably lost two weeks um and that and it's to the point now where i'm having to scale and build the team mm-hmm. purely because i did those initial things um yeah. and that's carried me on and on and now i work off of very much having a, a referral basis have a referral strategy into place mm-hmm. and um I can't actually right now take a client on this month or next month I have to wait until March which is a nice thing to do but it came from the social listening side of things and engaging and getting out and networking
1: yeah yeah 100% one of our best practices like organic growth and organic marketing and networking we talk about it a lot as listeners will know yeah net worth is is your network and vice versa. Network equals net worth. We say it the opposite way around just mm-hmm. because to show that how important the right network is because they will bring you that business, but you can't be as afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation just literally this morning with someone with a very unique value proposition up in Harrogate mm. and we were talking about that topic of the ask because she's very much at the start of her journey and uh, it's not profit first yet it's very much looking at the avenues for funding to help move the business forward and I was asking her questions in terms of who have you asked because a lot of people say well that's not sales and marketing it is <laughs> communication is right You've yeah. have to ask and you've got to basically if you don't ask and you don't show up how are you going to be seen and how are you going to be heard mm. so it's great that you resonate with that as well
0: hugely so
1: what has been your biggest uh, kind of challenge you've overcome and your b- biggest learning experience through this transition and and time from obviously going from a paid corporate role to Self-employment now, what's that been that biggest challenge and learning experience for you?
0: Oh, that's a hard question. Should have sent me that before today. (laughs) Um the biggest challenge I've found since going from a paid role to a business owner is probably I would say it's I'd say it's a challenge, but it's being overcome. Mm -hmm. And it was the challenge of actually being a business owner and knowing how to run a business. Yeah. But that's where I come back. I I went into business with a mentor so that I could have that support. Yeah. And that was my challenge, and that's why I chose to answer that challenge straight away. Yeah. So now, if I look at accountant, accounts, tax, anything like that, sponsorship, kind of all of this sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. I just go straight to them and ask them and ask him, "What can you help with this? Um, We need to look at this." And in return, I'll support try to support him and his company and with what he does um, yeah. because yeah. he needs marketing support and know and strategies. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that really healthy healthy exchange. Um, yeah. That was the biggest challenge for me, particularly. Yeah. And also managing everything on top of a normal role yeah. and yeah. managing admin, straight admin, invoices and taking all that across. That's what I had to learn quick. That was a challenge.
1: Yeah. And seeing as you like football, it's like that analogy of making sure you have the right players. I mean, my brother's a football coach and he says it to me all the time. It's not just one player that makes the game, it's the full team. Mm -hmm. So I suppose it goes back to that analogy in terms of for kind of feedback is making sure that you do have that right support. And that goes back to what we were mentioning um, about your network um, and obviously mentorship and having the right coach in place. So would you say that's been your best experience so far? Or is this something else that comes to mind on the experiences?
0: Actually, there was one big challenge that was personally just for me, um, which was an experience. It was my first speaking gig in person in front of 80 people. Yeah. Um, and it was that I was fortunate enough to do this from my network. Actually, our name dropper, Nikki Thomas, um, she <laughs> introduced me to somebody last year when I first started out. Um, and that relationship bloomed with an organization where I did a whole load of speaking slots for them. And I did a speaking gig um, for them as well. And I'd never done that in person in front of that many people compared mm-hmm. to online. Uh, that was a challenge and having to make my own presentation as well. That was a very, I think that was a, kind of a light bulb moment thinking, I've done that. Wow. Um, so if I can do that, I guess nothing else is going to be as hard.
1: Definitely. it—it uh, It is so weird how similar our experiences are. Um, mm. So for those um, that are listening, as Elliot mentioned, we had a one-to-one before we came on and realised very similar Interest, travel, etc., and kind of corporate experiences, and as well. Um, But we had a similar experience last year where we was at an exhibition, and they had masterclasses in the main stage. And the biggest win for us was we went and cheered all the speakers on because we do speak and we do know how nerve wracking that is. So it's great that you've been given that opportunity as well in front of eight people. It's such a boost it gives you such a boost, but it's also a sales and marketing activity guys people get to hear your value and expertise and they asked me to step in and do a masterclass in one of the smaller rooms and I thought to myself yeah I'll do it for you but there's only 20 spaces there's a really good speaker on uh before me so I'm probably not going to get the traffic but yeah but because I've gone round the room and cheered everyone on everyone then found out that I was stepping in to do a masterclass and actually no one went to the main stage they all came to my masterclass
0: that's awesome
1: so I got asked at the end going do you fancy being on main stage next year? And I'm like uh, in my head I'm going oh my god and verbally I'm going yeah of course I will. (laughs) (laughs) So it's great to see that that's been such a a, a kind of big tick for you because we know that feeling and, and I'm sure the listeners resonating who do speaking engagements know how difficult and daunting that can be but what a buzz and a challenge and an experience it can be at the same time.
0: Definitely. Say yes now and worry later.
1: Yeah, definitely. So on the back of that, can you give any top tips to our listeners um, on how to get themselves out there at the moment and maybe show an example of how you've done that for a recent client?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the top tips I always say is when you're trying to... I work off the marketing side first is look at who your brand advocates are and look at the people you've already worked with if possible if you're a new business look at who you want to work with and engage with them regularly but I would say 100% we all sleep on the people we're already working with or have already worked with if they already know our service um, most of the time and if anyone is listening it's always a case of Right, I've worked with this person, had a great experience. Mm -hmm. Why have I not remarketed and retargeted them? Not for just them to have my services, but who do they know?
1: Yeah.
0: Having a referral strategy in place. Thanks for working with me, but do you know, I have three spaces till the end of March. Do you know three businesses that could do with my service or get a benefit? And do you know what? I say three because if they don't know three, they'll feel bad for not saying three and they'll give you one at least minimum. Yeah it's a lot easier to ask for three rather than just one because you at least get one minimum then yeah and that helps generate more referrals Mm -hmm. um but from the marketing side of things and sales lots and lots of uh, little things in a sales call make up get the sale at the end of the day Yeah, like 60 second rapport building at the start of the call do 60 seconds no business talk and if you get them to laugh and smile and you laugh at what they're saying they'll feel automatically more comfortable yeah. So I'll always spend probably the first couple of minutes trying to build that rapport and get and get myself laughing with them because mm-hmm. then they're easily more comfortable, um, yeah. so much more. And then I just ask them about them. And I always apply um, certain techniques like what, why, how, and when. You can apply that to sales and marketing. Yeah. So if you're in a sales call, okay, what is it you want to get out of? What is it If I'm with a client, sometimes if it's appropriate, I'll say to them if they're a bit cold, I'll mm-hmm. say to them, right, what is it you want to get out today? Okay. Why is that? How do you see yourself getting there? When do you need to start doing that? Mm-hmm. And just that one simple thing with four questions gets me to a sale.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But I'm not doing it forced. I'm just asking them more. Yeah. Um, I would say the the sales techniques which I've learned through my, mm-hmm. I've made thousands of calls, thousands yeah. of calls. The one thing that's probably always got me a meeting. Or got help towards a conversion is Mm pre-positioning and finding out budgets and stuff so I would always send before a meeting a calendar invite with a link but I would always send the phone just before our meeting though for me to get the best out of our session and I send you a questionnaire to get some things off you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I wouldn't sit that meeting unless they sent a questionnaire because they didn't value the call
1: yeah
0: so if they valued it, they would fill it out. And when they come to the session, they've put in their marketing budget. They've put all the things they need. I'd read that and we'll go straight from there. Yeah. And the sale can be done in 20 minutes, 40 minutes or an hour.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, that's kind of what I now do with clients. So I bring that to their marketing side of things and put yeah. processes in place.
1: Maybe Anything? that was a bit
0: of a long-winded answer.
1: No, no, but it does work because we literally done a strategy session back in um, early December. And um, the the lady was spending too much time, and I'm sure we can all relate to this, guys, and I don't like calling them time wasters, but those that are just there for the golden nuggets and not there for the end result. Mm. And um, I mentioned about qualifying the call before you actually have the meeting. They were like, well, we can't do that. I'm like, why can't you? Mm. It's just a step you have to put in, it's just because no one else does it because they're lazy. So, if you start doing that, you're going to be more productive with your time. And if they do not book or they do not send that, then you basically say to them, I can't conduct that call mm. until that is completed. Yeah. Can you complete it? If not, shall we reschedule? It's your business. It's your baby. You work for you. Yeah. Yes, you work for them. But not in that scenario, and I love the fact that you've mentioned about laughing because my biggest tip is smiling. Mm. You can tell if some if you're on the phone, like my conversion rate when I first started out as a sales exec. Again, very similar roles. I was the highest conversion because I smiled every time I answered. I went, yeah. "Hi, welcome to GC and Events. How can I help?" Always in that high pitch, always with the smile. And my um, boss Nicola used to say to me why do you always smile Zoe? And I was like, because the caller can tell. Mm. If I'm not happy to receive their call, why would they be happy to pay for our services? It's giving them the respect they deserve. And we also spoke about this in the webinar, which is a part of the Hub um, offer with Mike Hardcastle on Mm. um, empathic selling, because you've got to treat everyone with a little bit of kindness and Mm. humour definitely goes um, a long way. So. Can you just share with us quickly on a result that you've seen with an existing client without mentioning names on how that's helped them? Just so the listeners can see that you do get a return from it um, by applying, obviously, these techniques and top tips.
0: Oh, um, an existing client. OK, um, I've got one. I've got two, probably, if I'm allowed. Is that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so first one was... Um, uh, a lovely lady in lincoln um who is in the past three months working together she's been able to elevate her brand to where it needs to be and now she is generating leads and operating regularly getting leads through through her linkedin profile uh, and she's great she's a brilliant process from her service perspective but she didn't highlight the benefits of it. And she didn't always highlight the value proposition. So the first thing we did on a call was literally saying, right, what is your brand purpose and your value proposition?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as I uh, do you know what, how that speaking girl was at, she was the person who's the photographer taking photos there. And um, I stood next to her as someone asked her about her business and I looked straight at her while she was explaining her business after we'd learnt or done all the value proposition, brand purpose work. Yeah. I just rolled off the tongue. And then she just pointed at me and said, yeah, I'm feeling embarrassed because I'm saying in front of him. Um, and, and since then, we've set a target of three leads to get in January from socials. She's yeah. got a three leads and she's actually got two clients from it, getting that third one. Um mm-hmm. and it's all from just promoting the things that are marketable about yeah. a business online. Should so yeah. have a good call, should I do anything, or should I just do is put lots of hard work into marketing what is marketable?
1: Yeah. We're
0: still working on it. It's it's a three to six month thing building a brand. Yeah. yeah Even yeah. twelve months a year, but just initially.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that was my number one within an existing client. Another one who I do is a bit who I do a bit more work for, ads wise and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They were so set on LinkedIn being the be all and end all. But I said to them, literally, why are you focusing on one platform? There's loads of platforms you can publish the same content on. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we started doing more work together, I said, to, right, let's go into Facebook groups and the recruitment groups. You're a rail company. Great. LinkedIn's big. But you're talking of engineers. And engineers are in jobs groups and recruitment groups. And they're with those people. So we started posting because on Business Suite, we can schedule your content. Mm-hmm. You can schedule up to three groups per post. Yeah, so three groups per week to nine groups. There's three yeah. posts per week to nine groups,
1: mm-hmm. and they've had
0: thousands of pounds worth of training given to actual engineers mm-hmm. from Facebook groups, not LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, it's about knowing where you target audiences, is, isn't it? It's a question I get asked all the time. So we don't say we're social media experts. This is where me and Elliot can dovetail. If mm. I get asked about social media, I would say to them this is what I do. This is my experience, but you need an expert mm. because one of the things I get asked is I'm not getting any engagement. And I were like, but you're not, if you're speaking an empty room, that's how I explain it. And they'll be like, yeah. what do you mean? I went, say you wanted to be um, a, an influencer for a beauty brand. And you are saying that message in a room full of B2B rather than B2C or C2C cons- consumers you're going to get less engagement but if you sit sitting to a room full of ideal target audience in a b2c to, to sell the makeup for example through your influencing or a c2c to, C to collaborate and 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 basically build your brand and, and royalties etc mm-hmm. multi multi uh, stream revenue kind of strategy then you will get engagement it's about knowing your audience are on that platform and sometimes people will say to me don't do want to, don't want to do LinkedIn I'm like why and they'll be like don't like it I'm like why give me a give me a reason uh, oh and it's always my audience is not on it and I'll always say i big to differ
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I always why. say that as well
1: the, i, the, I introduced them to, to elliot because then they need that expertise so it's great that you've had them wins because it's it's what it's about isn't it it's about Very getting the return and and you're doing your job well so i'm mindful that we've been uh, chatting now for around 30 minutes um and i'm mindful for our listeners um i, I busy too so just to kind of wrap up uh, the podcast episode uh, for this month, mm-hmm. what is next for Elliot and Example? What's in your vision and your pipeline um, for, for 2023?
0: twenty three? I've, I've My goals for this year really is to expand the team, train the team. I think for me, I want to do a lot more training and speaking at companies, mm-hmm. go into them, create the strategies actually there. For people to follow, and not just the business owners, the actual people that help them and support them, if they do have any staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I see example this year, really becoming a place where people can go to and rely—they're going to get value rather than just be used as another tick.
1: Yeah,
0: that's what I want to get example to. We're not we're not only a consultancy, an agency, or a training provider that just lets people know that there is nothing to tick on the client's list we choose who we work with because we know they're going to get value and to see if we can give value to them. Yeah. That's where I see it's going.
1: Amazing. And that is a unique value proposition. Um, And it's just, for example, showing that example from your client to to what, to what that is, for example. So I thank you really uh, for your time and sharing your expertise and um, just showing our listeners that anything is possible because I truly believe that is what you're trying to create from but definitely, the kind of the speed and the expansion the business has already um, approached on in this first three months. So I really do believe the sky is the limit uh, for you. And I just thank you for your time for sharing your own experiences with sales and marketing, but also helping in our listeners with their own challenges and questions on, on this big topic um that can create that overwhelm and it really doesn't need to so if anyone wants to get in touch with you earlier i know you've mentioned you don't have availability towards the end of february early march but i do know you have probably time in your diary to uh, do discovery sessions and have mm-hmm. one-to-ones and calls with them so if anyone did want to get in touch how would they do that
0: uh, it sounds a bit. Forgive me for saying it, it sounds a bit of wanky. I once heard, uh, but I am the only Elliot Garley out there. So if you just search me on Google or LinkedIn, you will find me. Yeah. Um, rather than just send you straight to website, you can find me like straight away on LinkedIn and or Instagram or Facebook and be straight there. Actually, TikTok as well. You'll see a cool few videos on TikTok
1: so there might be a few of our listeners that listen to this via anchor and don't know of Elliot's full uh name um so Elliot can you just spell that out for our listeners just in case they are listening to this through audio not video
0: no problem I you can go to LinkedIn and just search or any platform to Elliot with two l's one t and Gali is spelled g-h-a-l-i g-h-a-l-i it's Tunisian so some people get it right
1: <laughs> Amazing. Um, so thank you for that. Um, if yep. you have enjoyed the episode, guys, and want to know more about the hub, this is just one of the key benefits we offer our members. We've got webinars, we've got lives, we've got networking, and we've got access to at least three new experts per month to help mm-hmm. you move your business forward. So if you're thinking like you'd like to dip your toe in the water with business development and strategy, do just check out the website, askzoe.co.uk, under services, and you'll find out everything you need to know about the Hub. And I thank you for your time again, Elliot. Look forward to working with you more in 2023. And we'll see you next time on the Hub, guys. Take care. Thank you. Take care.